Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? And before we get into companion craziness, a little bit of cleanup from last episode. I, of course, put out the poll, uh, which of these enchantments is better, Song of Creation or Ruin of Thought, and Twitter said they're both bad. So, you know, what do you want to do? So, before we get into what is companion craziness, uh, let's talk about just, you guys played some Ikoria? I played some Ikoria. I played some Ikoria. So much Ikoria. Let's break it down. Who wants to go first? Uh, I mean, I just... I just drafted it a bunch and then played a little uh, bit of standard. If you guys saw the streams this weekend, you guys know how those drafts went. We had some good ones, we had some bad ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, companions should be banned in limited. In limited? Yes. In limited? It's oh, very strong, like, dude. There are, hand, are there are a handful of companions that just feel stone unbeatable in limited. Yeah. Wow. Um, the Garuda deck, I play, I got a Garuda deck in standard, or sorry, in limited. And, um, like. <laughs> That was the easiest six wins of my life. Like, I ended up losing three, so like a six and three, you know, isn't, isn't the most amazing thing. Actually, two drafts before that, I had back-to-back seven wins, so like I had a nice little stretch there. I don't normally draft that well, but um, I guess I'm just feeling the set and it's degeneracy. So uh, I, I think I should have had seven wins and I just misplayed. But yeah, that was, it was not close. Most I of the games what? I won was like, I'm going to get back a uh, the Space Godzilla, the giant black dude. Or whatever else. I had a clone from my Garuda. Like, it, it wasn't. It was it was degenerate. Yeah. Uh, I will say, man, like, I was a little down on player drafts last time. But having played them, once they fix the broken algorithms and, like, the mulligans work, your opening hands work fine. So you guys haven't seen. Uh, it looks, it's not been confirmed, but it looks like uh, people are running numbers. And it uh, Arena is using the best of three mulligan rule or draw rule draw algorithm, right. rather, in best of one, where it just gives you a truly random deck, where, of course, in regular best of one cues, it gives you two hands, it gives you, like, the hand with the best spread, um, and then it looks like also matchmaking doesn't care about your rank and is only just pairing based on your record. Yep. Because I know at least uh, Chris has been playing against some Mythic, like, 33 and 201. Yeah. I played, I played against, against three Mythic players in the last couple I, of days. I played against two unranked Mythic players, they're still Mythic. Uh, yeah. Ricky, have you run into mythic players in your uh, your drafts that like gold and silver? No, but I uh, I zenith bladed somebody for sixteen today. Nice. Yep. I was there for that. Um, I will say though, like the value there on those uh, player drafts is very good. Like you, if you get like just managed, if you just scrape like four wins, like you almost get entry feedback. Like you're a hundred times for entry. No, I think feed. you do. Uh, I think four is a hundred percent, right? No, four. I think is three is fourteen hundred. No, three is. I thought three was four. Three is a thousand. Three is a thousand. Okay, gotcha. Three is a, that makes sense. Yeah, the difference between two and three wins was the huge one. Two wins is two hundred and fifty gems, and yeah. then it skyrockets to a thousand for three wins. Yeah, so. it, like if you get the three win, like you're doing sweet, and then like four wins and up is just like gravy on top, right? Like obviously, like you want to be hitting that five win so you can like break even and make money back. But like, yeah. al- just almost breaking even on four wins, I think for a lot of players is going to be good enough in most that cases. Is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's nice. Um, if you guys want a primer on it, before this video goes up, my intention is to have the um, draft uh, that I did. I recorded one this morning. Um, this was Monday at the time of recording this. I had done about a dozen drafts already. I've done a lot of these drafts, and I've had some very good records on them. So I've got a pretty good feel for the format right now in draft. Um, again, I'm I'm not a mythic limited player yet, but we'll see. Um, we've been you know I 
think I hit gold in like two days. And I, I we've been like training, on so. on stream, off stream, just like in calls drafting with each other. Yeah, and stuff we've like been that. doing like, a lot of drafting in this format. So um, I drafted, uh, and I guess I won't spoil it for you, but it went it went pretty well. We drafted a in a optimal deck, but we drafted the cards that I thought were good. We made some decent plays. We made several misplays. That's my first time drafting by myself and playing on camera by myself trying to keep the talking going and playing so we definitely made some misplays but we made some strong plays as well where i think i made good calls or good reads in the opponent so anyway look for that youtube video going up uh by the time this video's up we'll have my, it up, so. my initial like Corey, thought and we'll, we'll of course go to ricky here and get his thoughts before we move on is um this is probably the most fun i've had playing an abusive draft format <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it feels like it's choking me out, but I kind of like it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of this weird, weird situation where, again, the format feels super degenerate, but it does feel kind of fun, and again, I know all the cards, a lot of the cards are playable, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the stupid blue and black cards are just playable just to keep all, yourself from getting beat All hail the almighty brush wag, just wag off. All hail, wag is, like, even above the curve. I'm talking about, like, durable quail bugs, so. Yeah. Anyway, as you guys have seen, we're going to put out more standard content, more limited content as well, and move away from doing exclusively Pioneer, the Obviously, the podcast will be Pioneer-focused, but we will put, up, put out more content in general um, for you guys to consume. Definitely. All right, Ricky, what are, you, what are your Ikoria thoughts as we kind of For just draft? Out? Yeah. Just draft? For, for just draft? Or just in general. Like, um, or, or not really Pioneer, but like uh, for your standards. draft, I've only drafted three times now. Okay. And, uh, God, it's Mythic-heavy. Is it just Mythic-heavy? Yeah, it is. Because you uh, can just play had, any Mythic you pick. I've had, like, two or three Mythics per deck. This I will go out of my way to pick Mythics also because, uh, you know, we got to fill that vault somehow, right? Yeah, of course. Right, sure. I've just seen so many just, like, greedy four or five color mana base just pay off just because why not? Like, Yeah. Um, as for Standard, I have been uh, loving it. Uh, I accidentally, I, like, somehow solved the format this morning by just uh, playing Cycle City. Yeah. Just red-white Cycle Aggro. Uh, the uh, the Evens deck cannot defense. Nice. Uh, they they mill you a million cards and then you just zenith blade them for like sixteen. <laughs> sure, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I uh, I've got some some standard X in the tank. We'll probably hit up on sometime, even maybe YouTube or maybe in a in a stream. Uh, but definitely, uh, yeah, I've got some standard. I've had a lot of fun standard. I've been playing some Phoenix. I've been playing just some like just cheap mono black Luris beats like Aristocrats and stuff like that. Uh, I'm gonna try and maybe play some Obosh and stuff like that. But I don't know. Uh, as you can tell, I've been playing uh, a lot of companions, and uh, just I think is uh, Magic in general has been playing companions. So uh, let's talk about them companions. And first off, pour one out for Garuda, temporarily banned uh, in all formats except for limited on uh, MTGO for the time being. Let's get um, an F in chat. Yeah, can we get an F F in chat? Uh, of course, F. the for those that don't understand why the ban happens, um, and this is a reason where I think. Uh, I was a little harsher on Garuda than I should have been initially, uh, but this is why we have FAQs, because uh, the way Garuda actually works is we thought Graveyard Hate would work on Garuda, uh, but it turns out your Layla of the Voids and Rest in Pieces shouldn't work, uh, and I say shouldn't, because we'll get to there in just a second, because the way Garuda works is when you mill, it sees all the cards publicly, and as long as the cards transition to a position that is public knowledge, so at Graveyard Exile... Um, Garuda doesn't care where those cards end up because it pulls from the cards milled. It doesn't pull from the cards milled into your graveyard. And the problem with that is, uh, so Leyland of the Void and Rest in Peace exiling them shouldn't matter. But currently on MTGO, there's a bug where 
Uh, Garuda cannot find those once they get exiled, so Garuda has been temporarily banned, I think, until uh, Patch goes out this week, and we'll see uh, if it gets banned. If it's only a temporary unban at that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, yeah, so what do you, like, what do you, do we, like, where, where are we starting with here? Like, are... Can we go over, like, uh, which ones have not broken the game yet? Um... I haven't the seen five a, mana one that adds all the mana. The vigilance gang one hasn't broken the game. No, yet. Uh, well, Cowan hasn't broken the game. The five mana one that makes a bunch of mana um, has been play. showing up in decks. Is seeing play. I haven't. We haven't seen placing lists with Karuga. We haven't seen placing lists with uh, the Golgari one. We haven't seen play. It's going to be easier for me to tell you which ones are breaking the game, rather. Yeah, so there's only had, two that are breaking the game. No, no, no. I, like, I don't know. We, I feel we're like having Shock like Forces more than two, but there is argument that, yes, two that are probably breaking the game. So definitely right. Garuda and Luris are breaking the game. Uh, Luris and, I think, drastically breaking it in formats more eternal than Pioneer. Uh, right. Definitely Legacy and Vintage. Uh, but Luris is still very strong in Pioneer. Don't get me wrong there. We'll come back to Luris. Uh, Garuda is taking over Standard. Uh, and is probably going to take over a big chunk of Pioneer, I believe. Uh, unless everyone starts running their Graph Digger's Cage, or luckily Garuda doesn't have the best case in Counterspell Wars. Um, and then we're seeing a lot of... Uh, we're seeing several... Uh, again, Luris. Uh, we're seeing some Obosh, and some decklists we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, like Yama Killer's playing some Gruul with Obosh. Um, really, though, like... You know, uh, and then Jengeth, of course, the the red green one is showing up in some other lists. Uh, but of course, you know, um, how do we do we do we want to talk about why these cards are so good? Do we want to talk about where these cards are performing? How do you guys how do you guys want to go about it? This is clearly uh, having. Let's say I think Eric Froelich had the best take on this, which was uh, back in my day. If you started with the bomber sitting in your lap to cast whenever you wanted, it was strongly frowned upon. Right, inferring that it was cheating, basically, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of these decks, hey, you know, um, turns out, yeah, companions are definitely warping the, the game, uh, but not because they're logistically hard to play, because they're maybe too good and too easy just to have one of the key pieces of your deck accessible at any point in time. Yeah, the, um, it's hard to impress just how, like, strong Luris is. Like, it's showing up just in every single format. One of the bright sides, if there is one, is that um, Kunros hurts um, hurts Luris and it hurts Gyruda. Sure. Because it does override both of those effects. Obviously, if you're getting back, like, enchantments or whatever else, if you're getting back non-creatures with Luris, then, hey, like in Pioneer, where you're getting back enchantments, it's it's not as relevant. But Kunaros does the job there, but Luris is just showing up everywhere. Um, people just literally slotted it right into the black-white enchantments deck that we threw up on YouTube, where we, I mean, by the I way, got a... 1515 on turn three, which we all thought that it would, right? Yeah. Like me and Ruckman were talking about this days ago. But like, it's a very, very strong. Deck it's deck. it's it, it's just a free include in that deck. Like, you know, you just play it as one of them, yeah. as your companion slot, and then like you just don't worry about it for the rest of the game. Like, it's going to be there for you. Um, I, you know, uh, Luris definitely, I think, is been more abusive in Legacy and Vintage, where you're buying back like lot uh, LEDs and stuff like that, probably. Um, it's still very good in Pioneer, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're seeing, we'll talk about them here shortly. Uh, we're seeing, like, besides Orzhov, Auras, you're seeing a lot of, like, uh, Hardened Scales decks playing it. You're seeing just all sorts of cheap, aggressive decks playing it, which I think, which I even built one uh, myself that I was mm-hmm. hoping to have played on Sunday, but of course we ran into some issues there. Um, does there, so there was, there's a point where 
uh, I think it was Sam Black retweeted, or Mark Jacobson tweeted out, that because the rules of companion aren't necessarily on the companions themselves, right? They just have the clause for them that, like, maybe we make a rules change here. Like, are just... Are having access to these spells with no other downside besides what seems to be end up being very easy workarounds for a lot of the better ones here. Like, you start with one fewer card, or, you know, do we have to start thinking about enacting something like that in the first weekend of these cards being legal? Um... I don't know, Ricky. Do you want to start since I kind of went off about the Loris thing? You want to talk about Loris? No. Um, what do you think about like is Companion good for the game? Basically, right? Like, no. Is not it, at all. Is it too strong? Companion is a bad idea. I think I said it when like the like mechanic sort of spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sort of like, this is really confusing. It's hard to read on the card. Like I don't. I think some of the companions don't even have like. How companion works spelt out on it. Okay. I think like the macro sage just says like this card can be your companion. Okay. Which sure. again I well I, like I brought up I think could be the saving grace and we'll get back to that after in just a second but go ahead. But um I think that like the companion mechanic is like like on one hand it does like completely eliminate variants right. It's like if you're if you want your deck mm-hmm. to play around Luris you will always have Luris. It's not like, oh, I hope I draw my Luris, or I need a way to find my Luris out of my deck. It's like, no, you right. get one. And right. so, like, that's what it's. That's what's really powerful is that it just means like, hey, your deck will be built around this card, and you're always going to have it. Mm-hmm. And in a constructed format, like in casual formats like Commander, where you have forty life and have to play a hundred cards that are inconsistent on purpose, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you bring that consistency to a competitive format, I think it's a very bad idea. I mean, like, even look at how down I was on Garuda, right? Like, I was like, oh, you can't cast that Thought Seize, you can't cast, like, all these blue-black spells. Turns out you just play Simic and just a million clone effects and just laugh. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter, because, like, your opponent can't Thought Seize away your... your the, Garuda the and your, and Doom, your of, Doom of the Day. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just There's like, no here's my best friend, here he is, don't you wish you could stop him? You sure can't. And, like, they're playing, like, oh, like, it's just, it's, this is my win con, and when I cast it, the game's gonna be over, and that's just rough, you know? Mm-hmm. Is Companion part of your sideboard? Does, like, Rift Sweeper it, it, do anything it takes, to it? No, Rift Sweeper doesn't do anything to it either. Oh, uh, it is part of your sideboard, so you, you have to the one game last starts. sideboard slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do reveal your companion before mulligan decisions are made. So, you know, you can just, instead of drawing seven cards, you can just pack up your cards and go home when your opponent shows you their companion. <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, that's how it feels uh, limited. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, just I can imagine, simple. like, like what happens if your opponent just, like, uh, yeah, I'm playing all evens. Garuda's the the very strong one. Like, I think is also good because of card advantage, but, like, if you get out that slow, you definitely can get punished, but a lot of times because you're playing green, you're full of I think is a little weaker because you don't get a lot of the, like, good mana accelerants that you would otherwise get. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, but I think you Karuga you could just play reasonably in, like, a stompy deck. Right. And a lot of times, like, the three drops are so powerful. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. threes in the limited format. I think it's very, very strong. Sure. Um you know, I don't know. Like, part of me was a little bit like, this is a cheap move from them. 
Um, this effect is in Hearthstone. Um, I was a multi-season legend in Hearthstone when I played that game a bunch, and the build arounds were kind of fun, but like they just you know they weren't as powerful as drawing you an extra card. Lot of time, How many right? times like, did they nerf them, and they took they took a card from your opening hand? Yeah, like well, what they did was they didn't take a card from your opening hand. They they went they were a spot in your deck, right? So you had to play them in your deck, and then you had to meet the deck construction, and it upgraded your hero power. Is what it did. Um, oh, which, you're talking about those ones. I was talking about the uh, the quests. Oh no, no, the quests were very strong. Yeah. The, the big ones that got nerfed in in Hearthstone were like the the quest row. But the big point was like they did end up actually changing some of the costs of cards. But that's easier to do, right? Like they were too strong. So like in a in a more agile game like Hearthstone, like two or three different cards actually got their casting costs changed. So that they, instead of trying to, like, nerf the card, they just were like, you can't play with this card anymore, which is kind of hard to do in Magic. So, like, if they, in their limited testing session, screwed up, like, oh, snap, we did not think about how powerful this card is. Yeah, because they expected to be played against Oko. Well, because that's what I said. That's what I said about Oko. I thought, like, the best solution to Oko is you change the second plus one to a minus one. Sure. And just errata it. And it's like, that's such a hassle. Like, it's so impossible to do. Yeah, you know, I mean, because people again, are going like, to have that old version of the card that still says plus one, and people at kitchen tables aren't going to know what to do. So we just have to ban it, and it feels rough. And it that is an advantage of being a digital game, but like you don't get to be, you don't get the social like in person aspects that I like. For which sure, we don't get right now either. Because back which, to the companion aspect. But, but again, like that, that was the, speaking of Oko, though, like I said, like. You know, think about how they're using Oko. Like, I'm sure these cards don't look as busted when you're also expecting them to be in a format with Oko. Maybe, like, because they're all I mean, just Elks, but, like, the uh, the casting cost effects of them are still there, you know? Sure. Once Upon a Time was supposed to be in this format, too. So it's like, right, like, you're already going to have the right cards in your starting hand anyways, so who yeah. needs yeah. Companion? So, right? like, with, yeah. with Companion, right, because, Ricky, you brought the point of, like, you know, these cards actually say how Companion, like, truly works. They just really usually give you the, the claws, right? Um, right? I've seen some people throw on the idea of... We could just change the rules of companion because they aren't written down anywhere except in digital, like, rules compendiums. Right. So maybe you have, like, a clause of, like, if you have a companion, you know, you only start with six cards. Or, like, I've seen even as drastic as, like, you, like, randomly pick a number of cards from your hand and then your opponent, like, thought seizes you based out of that, like, small subsection of your hand. Which I think is a little too drastic. But, like... I think the fact that companions, when you're playing them, obviously they're going to be a good part of your deck. Either that is your game plan in the case of Garuda, or in the case of Loris, where it's just going to be a way to help buy you back in with value later on in the game at just the cost of essentially nothing. You, there needs to be some downside to running them. And clearly these like build-around mechanics aren't as restrictive as they initially thought, maybe. With the, with this large of a card pool, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I they definitely pulled from some of the aspect of like a commander thing, sure. where they, you know, look, I get to cast from my command zone, but the deck building restrictions, like I said, is kind of a is kind of a thing from Hearthstone where they had the odd and even also, like literally the same cards, odd and evens. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, I'm with like, you. I, with that thing though, like, there's only so much design space you have with cards, so like... for sure. Don't get me wrong; it, it makes sense to me. I thought I called this was going to happen because Hearthstone was just ripping cards for Magic. Like the exact sure. same cards would be there, so it was like whatever. Ricky actually called it though because Ricky told us like a couple months ago he was like, "Wizards just wants us all to play Brawl." 
Like, there will be no competitive magic anymore. Grand Prix will go away. Everything will be replaced by kitchen table brawl. And that's kind of what we are now. We've got commanders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, your companion's your commander, and so it's there. So they definitely feel strong for the deck building restrictions that they, so, that they so do. At least even, half of them do, right? So like, half of them are overpowered, even, half of them underwhelming. So people even dug up, like, an old interview Mark Rosewater gave in, like, 2005, mm-hmm. where he essentially describes the companion mechanic and mm-hmm. just says they filed it away because it was going to ruin the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think he was talking about the like the runes. Sure, he was talking but... about like the Eldrazi runes a bunch, where he was just like, he's like, it would be really cool where you had this like rune deck, and like cards would tell you to draw runes from your rune deck, and you'd have like this thirteen card deck on the side, and you draw cards from it. And it's like, so the extra to, deck from no, Yu-Gi-Oh? But, this, this but is, then this you have to carry else. that around this with a, you. This is like a different breakdown. Like, essentially, he effectively described Companion. Like, I remember the rune deck thing. But this is like essentially more describing Companion than the rune deck. Yeah. I still like... Honestly, you know what mechanic... Uh, it, it was it was from Avacyn, the like world of where mechanics died. Mm-hmm. But, Miracle? Uh, no, the, uh, the so mechanic that was supposed to be in there but got cut last minute, uh, Exiled. Okay. Where it was like, uh, or was, was it Breakout or something like that? But it was like cards that said, this card cannot start the game in your main deck. Hmm. And so it had to be in your sideboard. And then there would be cards that say, like, Breakout one card from your sideboard and shuffle it into your deck. Interesting. And so it would be like a mechanic about getting these powerful cards, undercosted cards, out of your side deck into your main deck. Okay. Hmm. Um, I like that idea. I don't like the opposite, which is Companion. Which is like get these overpowered cards and just shove them on the table. Who cares? Your opponent can't interact with it. Like, See, right, I think... Go, go for it. No, go ahead. I, I think one of the interesting things... And again, it's, it's just hard, right? Like, because the problem is they just, they can't make changes once they're printed. So, like, if you're going to print something like this, it definitely... And, and again, maybe we're overacting because, like, everybody just wants to play with these cards first, but, like, we're looking, you know... Uh, Part of what we do, like, as being content creators is, like, spend a lot of time playing this game, looking at this game. We've looked through a lot of, like, results from the last couple days. There are a lot of companions out there. And again, in Limited, it's completely warping. It's definitely been warping formats. And, like, hopefully it turns out to be something fun. But, like, it just, it does a lot. And, like, one of the things I'm thinking of is, like, you know, if, if they had made it where, like... Okay, like, you build your deck like this, you show your opponent your companion, and, like, you get some other effect besides, like, the effect of the card and getting a free creature, I think would have been more fair. Where it's like, hey, look, I built, I have this deck, you know, I show you my companion, and because it's my companion, I start the game with, like, you know, a 1-1 creature token in play or something like that, and then I shuffle my companion into my deck. You know? Like, I start the game with some other effect that is not like, oh, by the way, I get a free creature card. You know what I'm saying? Like, something like that. Or, oh, by the way, on turn three, this is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I get this mana token or something like that. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm some other saying, effect. Like, I, spent, I, spent the... all, I spent all last week just, like, trying to brew up all, like, the sort of the keyword soup mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then I just gave up by, like, Tuesday, and I was just like, I'm just going to brew around every single companion possible. And, right. like, I feel like every deck turned out playable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put yeah. the red-white companion in my cycling deck yeah of course like why not why not and it's just like the card is great it's fine like it's just like is it overpowered it's not overpowered but it's just very good and it's like well why wouldn't i play this card like like the thing is like right like even if they aren't as impactful in your deck like the the cycling one like sure like it can only make your cycles go down to costing one which is still very good right but Mm -hmm. like 
at the very end of the day, it's still just a cheap creature that you can just put on the board if you just need something. Yeah, and he just has an ability, too. He's just, like, uh, tap and target creature can't block. And yeah. it, like, makes your phoenix of ash just randomly just a god. And it just, like, your castle embraths now just activate for nothing, and your castle vantresses activate for nothing. I honestly think the big mistake in companion design was hybrid mana. That is, that's the real big thing, right? Like, so, you know, oh, yeah, because so many decks have access to him, and that's a good point. If, like, uh, Garuda would still be a problem, because, like, it's a big endgame card, and, like, at some point you would find a black mana. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the fact that, like, the world and stuff like that. The fact that you're playing, like, Garuda in a Simic shell, you're not playing black at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're playing, like, mono black Luris and standard and stuff like that. And it's just, like, the fact that, like, it's so easy, it's so free, like, sure, it doesn't matter, I'll just play this random guy, like, it doesn't matter what my deck's color is, as long as I, like, like, people are playing the red-black guy in a teamer deck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, like, I, we, I, it's not the one we picked, but it's definitely something for later on, because Big Nux is odd, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's as simple as, like, you know, we were, I was drafting, right, and even, like, Jengath, not the best in limited, but my opponent is always having access to just a 5-5 that they can maybe just get mana from and use at any point. Just mm-hmm. still feels very strong. Yeah. Makes sense to me. The... You know, I'm trying to think about this the other way, too, here. I kind of got a little bit lost in thought. Like, I don't want to, like, crap on this too much. Like, Companion is fun, and, like, we we were just complaining the other day that, like, oh, man, like, lands suck. Like, magic is so variant, that's why it, like, has to be a best two out of three game for any kind of competitive aspect. Because, sure. like, sometimes you draw too many lands, sometimes you draw too few lands. So, like, I really do applaud the effort of, like, hey, if you build your deck this way, here's a guarantee. Right? Like, sure. And again, I, I do think, like, that would have been a brilliant fix. I think Ricky hit the nail on the head, where it's like, make them more color-intensive so that you can't just play them everywhere. Because, again, the thing is, these companions are everywhere. Like, the older the format, like, it, it, like they are in Pioneer. Like, you're gonna you're seeing them in um, the Auras deck. You're seeing them in the Black-Green Hardness yeah, deck. Essentially, any deck that more can jam Luris is gonna jam Luris. And Luris, like, again, like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be as oppressive as it is in, in a Legacy, in a Vintage... I think it's just in Pioneer's going to be a very good value engine, right? right. Um, and it's going to get annoying, but I think it's going to be super oppressive. You're just expecting to see a lot of Luris. And not from a... And maybe this is going to be a case where we see another ban of Luris just because it is just so highly played in the format and not because it is right. just overpowering, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Garuda might be a real problem. Garuda might be a problem. See, I, I don't mind Luris so much. I think that's fun, especially given, like, our, our previous overlords of Inverter of Truth. Like, sure. now the things they thought sees away from you, well, hell, man, I'm just going to get it back, and I'm going to try and beat you down before you do your Inverter thing. So, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a for- format, like, leveler, and I'm excited to play with it. So, I, I don't want to sound like we're too dead on it. I really do applaud the effort to eliminate some of the variants of the game that lands inherently give you. So, like, hey, build your deck this way, get this benefit. To me, is a really cool idea. I do really like it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, they're just a little bit too powerful for what I like. Sure. And, Sound reasonable? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I think, like, definitely, like, uh, I think Brad Nelson brought the point of, you were saying, like, a format level, and he said, like, maybe this is what standard needed, because now, like, it's not just all of the mid-range decks, like, right. because well, of companion all mid-range decks. I think the standard, like, already with Theros, like, was the most powerful standard I've ever sure. seen. Like, like I've been playing the uh, the Challenger decks. I bought the Challenger decks and mm-hmm. saved them up and just been playing them against each other. And, man, like, 
that mono red deck is like killing on turns three and four, oh, yeah. and like the Simic Flash deck can just like shut down people with the right draws sometimes, and like that adventure deck just sort of like just gets so like grindy to the point where you're just never gonna win. Like you're and so, only, so and far behind. Only three, and there's only three of them, so you know. And then you know, um, <laughs> you know, there's a deck that plays a, a steam vent, and it dies. Like, I mean... We can't... Can, is it okay to even keep kicking that deck at this point? Like... I mean, honestly, I thought really hard about just... You know, we could just buy the the Blue-White Suns control deck from the Amonkhet cycle of these. Sure. That's probably put, better. Yeah, put that in the box instead. Yeah, that'll be fine. That probably is pretty balanced against the other ones. Yeah, it's got a Kefnet in it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, no, really, like... I think Standard is, like, the most powerful it's ever been already. Like, these last three sets have literally been the most powerful sets I think I've ever, like, lived through as a Magic player. Sure. And, like, um, I lived through Lorwyn. And, like, Lorwyn was, like, bonkers powerful. Chris, you remember some Lorwyn? I remember some Lorwyn. You remember some some Thoughtseize, some Bitterblossom, some Cryptic Command? I do. I remember, uh, that's, I remember that stupid 3-3 got printed in, like, was it M10 or something like that? It was some core set that printed this 3-mana Elk Elks come. Elks have ruined great, the format several great times. Great Sable Stag. Great Sable Stag. It was a three minute three three. I think it had protection from blue and blue from and black, black, and it couldn't be countered. Yeah. And so the fairies deck started splashing red to play lightning bolts. <laughs> yeah. Because they were like the fairies was just everywhere. Like you couldn't beat fairies. It was so incredibly strong. So. Like that. Um, I believe there was a there was the fairies build that also splashed green for Tarmogoyf. Maybe. And then, like, Alara came out and had Cascade and all that nonsense with Lorwyn. Do you remember the, uh, do you remember the Jund deck that splashed blue for Cryptic? <laughs> I remember no, that I remember deck. There. Were you playing I Bituminous de- Blast and that's why? Yeah, you bit-blasted into Cryptic Command and you've never felt <laughs> dirtier in what your is, life. What is this magical yes. Christmas land you're talking about? This was a real <laughs> format. I went, I went to the event with tokens, I think. I was playing the green-white tokens deck that, uh, or the black-white tokens deck that, like, LSV... Almost won the Pro Tour with. Sure. Did it feature uh, Cloud Goat Giant? It did. And anyways, I went uh, four and zero at this giant uh, PTQ with a roof collapsing, and then like oh, I played on. against somebody. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not gloss I over the roof collapsing. This is what we were yeah. talking about before, though, a couple weeks ago. I played okay. against somebody, and he just goes like, uh, "Enlisted Worm, uh, Cascades, Bit Blast, Cascades." Uh, uh, Elf Cascades Esper Charm discard two cards. So he yep. spent six mana, and he got a five five a three two haster killed my guy and made me discard two cards. And uh, from there I proceeded to lose the next three to just like fair magic, the, fair magic. The five color Cascade deck. But you're putting all our troubles into into uh, into perspective there. Hold on, real quick thing. I just remembered that story. You remember a guy from uh, unnamed Texas City who played uh, Magic the Gathering cards with his forty ounce uh, Bud Light on the table. You know um, the story? I do remember from Unnamed City with Sketchy Pizza Place. Uh, yeah, and um, the guy who carried the bat around behind the counter? Yeah. Ruckman remembers the story. Yes. Uh, the roof fell on top of that guy. That no, was the guy. That was the guy? That was the guy, 100%. Because I remember looking Hold at on, that. Oh, the dude. roof fell on someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the roof the tile on people. Yeah. Uh, there was like a big leak in the AC system at this hotel that we were at, and like. Right. Part of the roof collapsed on people, and then it was just, like, dripping water. And then also, they oversold the event, so they had to, like, rent two hotel rooms. 
And so, like, the scrub tables were just in, like, random seventh-floor hotel rooms. Did, did Nintendo <laughs> yeah. pay for a new venue across the street? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it was, thankfully, it was just, like, tile, so it wasn't, like, metal beams collapsing on top of people sure. like that. But, yeah, I just remembered that the guy that the roof collapsed on who was in the middle of it was the the guy who uh, played with his 40-ounce can across from 12-year-olds at the local gaming store where right. we used to visit sometimes. All right, so we've... We've said our piece about companions. Any yep. any other any other words to be said here about companion before we start looking at the decks now featuring these companions? <laughs> I feel awesome, so man. lied to because I was told that Orion was the one that was going to be good. Orion's that one. Yeah, the blue white Orion. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, well, don't worry, we'll get there. But that was like I was told that was going to be busted in modern. I was told it was just going to be busted. Period, and like read so many articles about it, and I, I oh. like I, I was like. I crafted one and I went online. I was like, "Look at me! I've got this. I've got a pile of garbage that has ATB abilities, and we're gonna blink it all." And uh, then, like, just got thoroughly smashed by uh, my my favorite uh, blue black ha- Leviathan. So sure. that's because the blue black deck is the better blink deck because they play Thassa to blink their Garuda. So it's like the problem comes is like your blinking gets outclassed because when they blink things, they end up with five six sixes Look, on the I, table, I, I and you gain not... three life and draw a card. That's Look, the difference in your blink. I feel effects. like it's excusable that I didn't expect one of the best decks and one of the best new decks in Pioneer just to play like sixteen clones. Yeah, I obviously forgot the number of clones. Or I, I, we did too. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Okay, so let's get into it. So we got like four events that happened over the weekend. Um, there, we'll just say the Garuda deck. Yes, it just plays like sixteen clone effects, and you just hit your Garuda, and you want to hit a spark double on your Garuda just so you can keep cloning Garudas after that. Because if you clone the non-legendary one, you can keep just cloning them, and then your opponent just dies because you have a you reanimate a Thassa's Oracle, or some of them hit like N raise four runners, right? Like, or King mm-hmm. Kong. Why not King Kong? Or King Kong, sure. King um, Kong, and just- not King Kong TM. Yeah, and just fight fight someone. Sure, <laughs> fight your opponent's Garuda. Um, uh, yeah, because that's gonna. I I haven't got, I haven't had to play it yet. Luckily, because you know I'm still I haven't played on Arena since the end of Eldraine, so I'm just like deep in the pits of bronze. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm just slogging through every Rakdos sacrifice matchup. Right. Uh, but I haven't had to play Garuda against Garuda yet. But I've heard it is the most miserable mirror match probably ever. That mirror match makes me want the old legend rollback, where it's like, I play one, we both lose them. You know what I'm saying? No, how in the old legendary rule, if I played one, no one gets one after that. No. Yeah, they both died. No, 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 no. The old, old legend rule, if you just couldn't even play one. Oh, jeez. I'm not even around for that one. Yeah, that's why Lincivi got banned, because, like, if you played your Lincivi first, your opponent just could not play their Lincivi. Oh, there you go. What, What format was this? That was Mercadian Mask standard. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mercadian Masks, okay, yeah. A dark time in magic history. I wasn't there, so it must have been yeah, dark. Yeah, me neither. Must um, have been dark history. All right, so let's get into it. So the islands I'm start- weren't resolving. I'm starting with the pi- with the uh, the preliminary. Of course, uh, going four and one, we have McWindsauce playing Niv Delight. Essentially the same Niv Delight deck list that we've seen, uh, but now playing one Jengatha as his companion, mm-hmm. which is the... Uh, you can't play a card that has another pip in the mana cost. So if you look here, there's no double pips or anything like that. And it makes sense. That card feels like it's made for this deck list. This lets you yep. just play tap and play your Niv-Mizzet Reborns. Right, right. Uh, unfortunately, though, because of that, it doesn't get to play, like, its Supreme Verge or its Kaya's Wraths anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So it's playing now Solar Blaze. 
As, Solar blaze. As its uh, as its wrath effect. Is that the one that makes each creature deal its da- uh, damage and power to itself, or something like that? Yeah. Nice. You still get your uh, whatever clarion. Something clarion. Uh, yeah, it's playing definitely clarion to the board. Though. Definitely clarion. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then if you scroll down a little bit. Uh, here by Bob the Dog, again in the preliminary, is Ricky's Yorian deck. Uh, actually, I like this deck a lot. Of course, Yorian makes you play uh, 20 more cards. So he is playing with an 80-card main board here. And Yorian being the one that, uh, when it enters the battlefield, you exile a number of non-land permanents you own. And you control return those cards to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. And we got uh, some enchantments here. This deck's actually kind of sweet. I like this deck a lot, actually. So it's playing, like, Birth of Miletus, Trial of Ambition, uh, Oath of Kaya, Treacherous Blessing, Demonic Pact, Doom Foretold, Star Demonic Pact. Yeah, dude, resetting your Demonic Pact sounds hot. Sounds very, very, very dangerous. Uh, yeah, we gotta make sure that Yorian resolves, but don't worry, we can play four Thoughtseize. Can we give our Demonic Pact away? No. Oh, okay. Uh, we're playing Flicker of Fate, so we could technically bounce our... Um, and you're playing, like, maybe we should have more final payment than just one? Final payment lets us sacrifice an enchantment? Yeah. To destroy a creature? Or Planeswalker? Yeah, just a creature. It's a common, it's not that good. Yeah, but, like, we're also playing uh, Treacherous Blessing. Yeah, I like that card a lot, actually. I do, too. But, uh... And this is, I think, the only deck... I've seen a couple of these, like, similar decks where it's, like, the the 80-card enchantment deck, right? Uh, which makes sense, because a lot of these cards help dig you further into your deck list. Uh, when we're playing an 80-card enchantment deck list, though, uh, we couldn't fit in... Um, what's the tutor? Idyllic tutor? We couldn't fit Idyllic tutor in here? In our 80-card deck? Apparently not. Maybe too slow. Idyllic tutor is just like... I mean, in Pioneer, I feel like it takes maybe just a little bit too long. Especially, like, while you cast Idyllic tutor, your opponent is casting a 6-6 that mills them for... And then puts another 6-6 six, six into play and mills them four. Oh, yeah, that card's good. Yeah. Uh, and you, well, oh, wait, but you can go get Rest in Peace and that, oh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, uh, well, hey, guess what? They can't cast it until, like, patch on Thursday. Hey. <laughs> it is banned for now. Um, so get it while you can. Uh, at least the people playing uh, Webcam Pioneer. I hope you guys don't let your friends play with uh, Ikoria cards. <laughs> Do you know what uh, I just realized is so miserable about the Garudim matchup? What? Oh my you gosh. Your, you get your opponent's mills? You can't play Mystic Dispute. Yeah. Oh. Your options are like negate. Like you don't even get like spell pierce. Like your options like negate. In Pioneer you get Gainsay. Okay. And that card's not bad in that matchup. I guess. Counter target blue spell for two mana. Sure. But like why not just play like negates? Because negate doesn't counter a... A 6-6. Six, six, okay. A 6-6 six, six for 6. It's the only thing I want to counter is their Garuda. That's fair. You, know, you got me there. Okay. All right. Fair enough, Ricky. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Super Qualifier here. Uh, we have a few more deck lists here. What is um, the Super Qualifier? Are these... Are these SEG? No. It's... This is all Magic Online stuff. Super Qualifiers work like the cha- the preliminary of the challenge. It works like one of them. Where you play like eight games and auto cues, I forget exactly how all these work. Honestly, um, we haven't. Uh, I haven't played enough Magic Online to try and put myself into those cues yet. Uh, also, because I don't have never had the chance to play them because I still have to go to work every morning. Right. 
Um, and, you know, all these magic events are great for people that don't have to, that get to stay home. Or, I, don't, I shouldn't say get to stay home, that are forced to stay home right now. There you go. Um, all right, so now we're at the Super Qualifier here. Uh, we have Lala WBA uh, playing a deck I've seen pop up a bunch across these events with just Boros Burn. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have this deck list pulled up. Boros no, I'm just kind of looking over over out a lot of stuff. And again, it's it's a lot of degeneracy with like Luris, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna play. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, this this is just the burn, burn deck. Yeah, this is a uh, this is just essentially just mono red burn playing Boros Charm and a bunch of white lands just for Luris. Yeah, and it's like you're looking at this stuff, and it's just like, like, obosh. Like, there's a lot of things where like they don't show you the companions just in the sideboard when you see a paper deck list, so you have to like look for it. Yeah. And here's just the deck that's just like, oh, let me just abuse obosh and pioneer. That's the thing is like pioneer is like the first format where these things get kind of abused, and hopefully they just end up being fun, right? Like, but you know, geez, here's just a pretty standard looking red green list that yeah, just by, gets to uh, play obosh from Yamakiller, <laughs> right? Like. like the, the Obosh is sweet because, like, it lets you still play your Llanowar Elves. Like, you don't get to play Coco anymore, but that mm-hmm. doesn't matter when Obosh doubles the damage of, like, your Rule Spellbreakers and stuff yeah. like that. Even even playing um, the the one of Clothis, right? Like, with an Obosh in play, Clothis deals four damage. Right. And this wasn't even him. This was somebody else who just had the same deck where it was just, like... Because yeah. they were also playing, like... Because um, you get your... You get your, your, your giant leaves, your your yeah your your Ovos, your stomping giants your because they technically cost three even though stomp costs two. Yeah. So yeah. Your love struck beast, which yeah. I haven't seen it, but the deck list that I have I have put together right now mm-hmm. uh, for Obosh is actually Golgari because okay. I just wanted like don't get me wrong I think like Domri and Clothis are pretty sweet right. Mm-hmm. Um. But I want to double the damage on a Rotting Registrar and just 14 someone. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, one thing I, I kind of have to say is, like, I was looking at the power level of Fiend Artisan, and I was like, man, this card is just so strong. And that card just doesn't matter, because it's not in a Garuda deck where you're going to play Evens. It's not an odd card where you're playing Obosh. I guess you'll see it in the Luris decks, but it's a secondary card to Luris, right? Like, sure. it's just, it's good with Luris because, like, it can go maybe two or something. But even then, like, you don't necessarily care because your maximum creature you can play is two. So, like, yeah. why do I need to go Fiend Artisan for it? Other than, in my opinion, Fiend Artisan just becomes big, right? Like, I, it's maybe, maybe, like, like Sultai Delirium picks it up. Just as, like, a one Fiend or Artisan? two. Yeah, just, like, a one or a two of. Yeah, I think so. I just think that, like, the Delirium decks are switching to take advantage of some of the companions and things like that. So, I, yeah. I just don't know. Um, scrolling down here. Uh, yeah, here's the Garuda deck played by several people. Uh, here's a take on a deck we haven't seen in a while. And uh, it's kind of splitting people playing this deck list because I've seen it uh, more classically and I've seen it the new way in Hardened Scales now. Right. Um, which, this is a Hardened Scales playing Luris. So, uh, who wants to break down the Hardened Scales decklist here? Because I think this is pretty These Hardened Scales decklists playing Luris are disgusting. Luris yep. and, uh, this one isn't playing it, but, uh, like, some are playing the Ozilis, some are playing Animation Module. Like, it just, it is the, like, artifacts build of... But the Ozilith with Evolutionary Leap is... Uh, it's pretty gross. Yeah, the cool thing about Luris is I think it's just permanent cards, right? It is permanence. So you could, not that you necessarily want to, but, like... If there was a reason to, you could play spells. So, like, you know, again, not optimal given that your maximum thing is two, but, like, if you really wanted to play a Coco, or you really wanted to play some other card that tutors, um, Collected Company, maybe, 
the tutor sure. for a particular card, right? You you could play that if you sorry, not um um. You can play Coco. You can't play Coco. I'm thinking of Court of Calling was the other card. I said Coco twice. Um, collect a company, Court of Calling, to tutor for a particular card if you really wanted to. So um, the deck that I'm seeing, um, I think, actually appears in multiple events by Tans Bear Bear. Sure. Where you're playing, uh, I don't want to talk about too many deck lists. We've already gone over a lot of them, but Hangerback Walker, Stone Coil Serpent, Walking Ballista, all of course are zeros for Luris's consideration. Mm-hmm. Elvish Mystic, Llanowar Elves, three of each for acceleration to try and get out some big boys. Uh, Scavenging Ooze in the main deck. Not a bad idea, given the format as it is now. Steel Overseer, because now we're going to start playing a lot of artifacts. Metallic Mimic and the Winding Constrictor and Hardened Skills Package. And then, I like the Ozolith. I've seen that card just do insane things. It's hard because it's legendary. And even if you had to, it wouldn't be, like, that great anyway. But the Ozolith just makes all of your threats insane, right? Like, the only downside is, like, you don't you want Walking Ballista. If you Walking Ballista to kill something, you don't get the counters, on the Ozolith, obviously, because they're gone. So you kind of have to think of, like, well, do I want my two, three, four counter walking ballista to just give other plus one, plus one counters? Or do I want to actually use it to deal damage or something? But let's say it's got two counters on it. Just put the counters on the Ozolith, because your scavenging ooze getting another plus two, plus two is insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, like the- and if it meets more stuff, like, the thing is, like, then every dumb card you play, then you're Elfish Mystic. You play a one mana thing, and if they've killed enough stuff, that thing just becomes a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6. Six, six. Like, every card you play is a threat all of a sudden. And that's why I think the Ozolith, for me, would be an include. If you're make, building this deck, I would play the Ozolith. With the Ozolith, you get to play Evolutionary Leap, mm-hmm. which, for the, the folks at home, is a two mana green enchantment that says for one green you can sack any creature and flip cards off the top of your deck until you find another creature and put that card in your hand. So with the Ozolith in play, you essentially have built your own Ravager, except it also right. draws you a card. A relevant yep, card. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what you're probably doing there is to, like, sacrifice it in response to removal, right? It's so, like if your opponent goes to kill your thing, I mean, like, it's like, well, no, I'm going to kill it myself, and I'll get the benefit of getting another creature. So I mean, there even that's a, that becomes, seems like a pretty sweet uh, sideboard card. There becomes a moment there where you can just, like... Like, if your board is, like, a Winding Constrictor, Metallic Mimic, and, like, Hangerback Walker on two... If your mimic is on Thopter, like you can just like, like you can activate Hangerback Walker to make it go to four. Sack your Hangerback Walker, make four, four Thopters that all come into play with a one one, one, one counter, which becomes two one one counters, and then all those counters go onto the Ozolith from the, from the Hangerback Walker, and that becomes five counters on the Ozolith. Uh, quick maths, real quick, you can just uh, so that's another four 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 four, like you can just suddenly your metallic mimic is like a twenty something. Sick. I'm just saying. Uh, and then, like, just here, just to round out just some quick other, like, Loris decks. Uh, mm-hmm. Boros Feather, there's, like, a Jeskai, like, uh, aggro How list. does Boros Feather work with Loris? Uh, all You're your... skipping the... Well, it's, it's, it's still called Boros Feather, you just don't play Feather anymore. But you don't play Feather. <laughs> and because of that, That's I've, so far seen, we've I've seen, like, some decks just play, like, Jeskai, right? And you get, like, oh Sprite Dragon God. and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Two other me. decks... Uh, the, I like this mono red deck list uh, um, that is, hey, with Obosh, right? Uh, your collective alliances can deal six damage. Heck yeah, they can. Uh, and then, real fast, one last deck list I wanted to talk about, and I'll give it to Ricky. Over in the Pioneer League, just posted today by Alex Fierro. Uh, Ricky, why don't you lay this deck onto us? Um, so, this is the Herald of the Storm deck I've been waiting for. Um, for those of you who don't know, sports fans. Um, the Storm Herald is a 3-mana 3-2 with haste. When he comes to play, you can return any number of aura cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to him, or attached to creatures you control. 
himself included. And at the end of the turn, they exile. And if they also would go anywhere else, they exile. Well, they printed a sweet new enchantment called Colossification, uh, which they teased at me as being the biggest enchantment ever. So I bought a bunch of Storm Heralds in preparation. And of course, to troll me, it comes into play and it taps the creature. Mm-hmm. But he gives plus 20, plus 20. So Burning Anger is an enchantment from M15, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I says, thought we were going to play Fling with, Bur- Fling with Burning Anger is a spicy one. But so it's an aura, and it says, Enchanted creature has tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So, Lamau. with a Burning Lamau. Anger and a Colossification <laughs> in our yard, Storm Herald wins the game. You oh play Storm Herald, you put both of these auras on him... You, he has haste, and with the tap ability on the stack, you tap him to deal twenty three damage to your opponent's face. So I hope you, I hope you all have some burning angers in your your like draft chaff boxes from M fifteen. It's wow. too late. I've bought all the foils. Oh my god! <laughs> in like the thirty minutes I showed you this deck list, you bought all the foils. I bought all the foils. All right, fair enough. Wow. It's probably gonna be a good looking foil. That's a lot of like red on there. That'll 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 look sweet in the foils. Honestly, this deck has Jace Vrin's Prodigy in it, which makes sense. Yeah, which makes the paper cost kind of expensive. Does make the paper yeah. cost kind of expensive. But I mean, this does play Fatal Push, Thoughtseize, Abrade, Cathartic Reunion, Breaking and Entering, Breaking and Entering, which is super sweet, by the way. Just if you ever do eight. get up to eight mana, you can just Breaking and then enter your Storm Herald and win the game. Um, but by then, we've already been grooted out of the game. <laughs> Probably, you're correct. Uh, wait, we can no, no, thought seize the girl. Oh, no, we can't thought seize the girl. We can't thought seize, no, no. No, he gets to sit over there in the special spot and laugh at us. Alright, I didn't want to tell everyone to start playing this card because it's going to be the bane of my existence as a, as a spirits player. Uh, just play Grafdigger's Cage, everyone. Yep. Wait, does Grafdigger's sh- Cage stop the companions from coming in? No. It stops Garuda. It stops oh. Garuda. And Loris. So does Kunros. And uh, it also stops Uro from being reanimated. It stops Coco from working. Just play Grafdigger's Cage, everyone. Did you know that that two-drop white guy also stops uh, Campanians from coming in? Yes. Uh, But uh, guess what? Uh, Your opponent could still just have the card in their hand and blow you out anyways. Yep. (laughs) That happened on stream today. Um, Alright, so, hey guys. Uh, Guess what? Like I said... We got our fan favorite end of show format coming out. If we coming back, we don't want to any other decklist you guys want to talk about before we kick it over to end the game and the episode. Of some does it slap? No, let's uh, let's get to slapping. All right, wait. Chris. Some of the wait. Oh, I didn't get the slap deck. Give me the slap deck. It's in it's in the it's in the Discord. It's in the chat. oh yeah, I got it in my note. Continue. All right, Chris. Some of the theme song. Uh, well, I mean, I just did a second ago. You put it in there. Okay. Not boom. Not right it now. slapped. Alright, thank you. Mm, there you go. Alright, Chris. I'm gonna let you read this deck list, because I picked this out just for you. For me, I thought you picked it out for Ricky. I picked it out for all of us, really. Okay, gotcha. Um, this is by our Discord user, uh, Bean395. He's probably just been 395, but we're gonna call him Bean395. Um, this is a Pioneer deck that features uh, a pretty fun combo. This is a... Uh, the story of a girl... <laughs> Yeah, who's a creditor of Run Drown the World. This is a Is It deck, which already has me and Ricky excited. 
we're going to play the new enchantment from Ikoria, Unpredictable Cyclone, okay? Which, first of all, it's got cycling too, so if you're in a pinch, hey, whatever. It says, if a cycling ability of another non-land card would cause you to draw a card, instead, exile a card from the top of your library until you exile a card that shares a type with the cycled card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, then put the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. So... Uh, we'll go through the spells real quick. We're going to play a couple dig-through times, which maybe could even be more. We'll see. Some Sweltering Suns to be a sweeper. Good thought to include in the main deck so we don't just die to aggro. Three Neutralize. I was playing this card today, and it's okay. Um, four Sensor as a nice little get em. It's also got a cycling ability. Three Blitz of the Thunder Raptor, which is the new uh, Beacon Bolt, essentially, without the flashback ability on it. Um, Blitz of the Thunder Raptor is two mana. It deals damage to a creature or planeswalker equal to the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. If that card would die, exile it instead. Useful against like cats and things like that. And that card gets big real fast. It does, that's for sure, yeah. Um, and then four opt. We're going to play some planeswalkers and two Chandra Torture Deviance and two Narset Parter Avails. Here's why we're playing this deck. There are six creatures in this deck. Four of them are Yadaro, Wandering Monster. The other two are Emrakul, The Promised End. So, with our unpredictable Cyclone in play, we are going to cycle a Yadaro at some point and either get another Yadaro or get Emrakul. We get to cast it, because that's how Unpredictable Cyclone works, and get its cast trigger. Boom. Game breaking. You also glossed over the fact that we're playing two Shark Typhoon. We are playing two Shark Typhoon. Yeah, I did forget about that. Um, that's nifty. That's not as insane, in my sure. opinion, but it's a good card. That's just a good card anyway. I like that include as just a way to like protect yourself early um, sure. and, and draw a card. Um, if you play it with Unpredictable Cyclone, you just don't get anything exciting against Enchantment. You get another Unpredictable Cyclone. So it's like, that just creates a mess. I don't know how it works with two Unpredictable Cyclones. I don't know if you get both or however it works. So, uh, uh, no, you just get Gentlemen, the, what do we think about this deck? Um... I think it slaps, but I'm going to let Ricky go first. All right, so uh, first off, this deck is cool. I like it. Mm -hmm. Unpredictable Cyclone is a cool card. Um, Shark Typhoon is sort of just like another way to keep ourselves alive. Um, The only thing that sort of is interesting here, um, I want to hit Dig Through Time more often on my Unpredictable Cyclone. Uh, That's the only thing I can think of. That and, like, it's sort of a little awkward. It's sort of... um, when Unpredictable Cyclone is in play, you mm-hmm. do not draw cards from cycling anymore. Right. Which is fine, because we're going to get free spells. Uh, not mm-hmm. that I'm complaining, but we, we will no longer be drawing cards. Um, also, it sort of is weird, because Yadaro is legendary. Mm-hmm. So if we cycle Yadaro for the fourth time, and then also hit a Yadaro on our Cyclone... Right. It's a little sad. That's true. I imagine we could hold on to the Yadaro since we really want to cycle it with an unpredictable cyclone in play. I imagine we're not cycling Yadaro, you know, unless we really, really have to. Like, mm-hmm. that's what the other cards are for. And we're saving these Yadaros to either cash them in for other Yadaros uh, or to get our Emrakul. Right. Which is hopefully going to end the game pretty quickly. So our other cards with cycling, though, don't exactly matter. Like, I mean, it would be nice to have the cyclone out and cycle my neutralize into a dig through time. Mm-hmm. But, like, it feels like most of the time we're going to cycle, like, neutralize with the cyclone out and just hit a right. sensor. Yeah. Um, I really wonder if there's not a way to make this deck the other deck also. Oh, where you just... Um, no, Unpredictable Cyclone and your only... Oh, possibility Storm? 
Yeah, like your only sorceries are like a cycler and that thing, and then like your goal is just like on your turn, just have enough sorcery cyclers to win the toss up. It's less consistent because like you don't guaranteed hit it, but like you win the toss up between either hitting your other cycling sorcery or the uh enter the infinite, you know? Sure. Uh my thought with this deck list mm-hmm. is what do we do an Emrakul stuck in our hand? Um Man, there's a really sweet new instant printed in this set uh, that I think we might just play over Blitz of the Thunder oh, after. Yeah, in Fire, Fire Prophecy. Prophecy. So yeah. we can put Emrakul back into our deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, that'd be pretty sweet. Fire Prophecy seems like a good upgrade here. Um, man, I really like where we started with this deck. I think Fire Prophecy is a huge big brain play. That makes a lot of sense to me, so we can get rid of our Emrakuls. That's probably something that's going to see more play in like even the... Um, the other deck, Possibility Storm, sure. version. Because it's going to let us put back, like, if we draw our, um, whatever, into the infinites, we just lose. Yeah. So, like, here, it's like, uh, you don't just lose, but yeah, you're right. Like, those don't do a whole lot for us. Like, being able to hopefully, just having that chance of tucking something is pretty sweet. That card does a lot for us, I think. Um, and um like, Sweltering's... Okay. Oh, Sweltering just has cycling. That's why we're playing it, okay. But, like, it doesn't matter that it has cycling, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know that we need that to have cycling, necessarily. Is it just better to play Anger of the Gods, just so we can at least exile stuff? Right, because of the so, because of the Luris overlords. However, currently with this build, because of how sorceries work, mm-hmm. um, with unpredictable cyclone in play, we could cycle sweltering suns, and we will one hundred percent of the time hit another sweltering suns. Sure, well, that's pretty cool. So we could cast our sweltering suns with just islands. Oh, that's pretty nifty. I like that idea. So that's worth considering because not only do we get to play a sweltering suns, but we get to draw a card for it, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it puts two spells in our yard. So for a card that likes spells in our yard, yeah. That's pretty nifty. I like that idea, then. I'm, I'm sold on Sweltering Suns. Do, do I, we, I think this deck slaps. Do we want, like, a Search for Iskanta here just to, like, just filter our draw a little bit, maybe? I think you could. I think you totally could. Um, I think it's tough between having the run of stuff. Like, Sharks, yeah, Shark Typhoon's fine, but, like, maybe that's the change we could make. Or, like, Narset. Like, these Planeswalkers are fine, I just don't know that we need them. Narset digs right? us to an unpredictable Cyclone. Narset's the one that I could definitely see just keeping, right? Because we can get our Unpredictable Cyclone. Um, but we've got a lot of draw effects anyway, because we get to play blue here. Mm-hmm. Um, because we just need to cycle, uh, particularly a Yodaro. But we still need to find our Yodaros, so um, we do need to do that. But yeah, I think maybe the Chandra or something like that could just be Search for Escanta instead. And that way we can flip search and start trying to get our Unpredictable Cyclone. Yeah, maybe, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Sensor is great because, like... It's it's a cheaper cycling cost, but like mm-hmm. maybe neutralize is a little too much. Like, yeah, I think neutralize could have just been another counter spell because I definitely like being able to protect my, our stuff. My thing with neutralize though is if we just cycle into it, like mm-hmm. that's great for like a counter spell war. But like we mm-hmm. just cycle into it and just get nothing out of it. So I'm like maybe we just cut down counters to like as minimum as possible. Just so like Rick was talking about the possibility of, like we just like cycle something to neutralize doesn't mm-hmm. feel very good. But, like, if we're right. cycling into Dig Through Time, that feels really yeah. good. I also like just going, like, pretty full-on removal. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds weird, I know, but, like, uh, I think that Pioneer is going to become real magma spray hours pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, sure. Because it kills Luris dead, mm-hmm. and it kills all the one-drops in the Luris deck. Right. Um, and make sure that they can't come back with a Luris play. Because, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, um, if your opponent plays Luris... Um, you cannot kill it until they've cast their spell from the graveyard. Yeah. Unless uh, it, they have, like, a soul warden or something stupid in play. 
luckily, the like, there aren't many Teferis running around, because while we don't care because we're cycling, um, on, it does just shut down our Cyclone. Yeah, Teferi does shut down Cyclone. Another thought I had was, like, instead of just Emrakul, since we get a cast, like, maybe we just play, like, a one of Ulamog as well, just to have, like, another just big game-ending must-answer threat that just attacks from a different angle? I like that. Um... Also, I do think Blitz oh, of the Thunder oh. Raptor is very, very, very good. Because mm-hmm. it can it kill some fairies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Also, like Sharknado like, is very good against a fairy. Sure. I just, like, I true. think I definitely want to work in some Fire Prophecy, though. Like, I'm still, like, oh, yeah, I want to play Fire Prophecy. I'm in on Fire Prophecy also, so. Okay. Find some room for that. So I think the only really changes that we've come up with to make this deck better um, have been Fire Prophecy and maybe some Search for Iskana somewhere in there. Um, we might be able to cut down a land like our curve kind of tops out at five. Like we're not uh, playing a ton of Shark Typhoon, but and we've got a fair amount of cycle and whatever stuff. So, like we're going to hit our lands, you know. So yeah. like I think you could reasonably cut a land to add an extra playable in there. Again, either a Search for Escanta or finding that room for that Fire Prophecy. So um, if Fire Prophecy hits, no, because that goes up to four. But either way, those are the only real changes I think we've thought of to the deck so far. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's give this our slap reading. Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Go for it. Uh, I will give this deck list a... I'm going to give it a three out of four Yadaro cycles to get a free Yadaro. Sounds good to me. Ricky, what's your rating on this? Um, a zero out of ten, no commander. Oh, no companion? Uh, oh, wow. That's Hard. what my current slap rating is on this deck, but... If because... all companions get banned, what would you give it? Oh, if all companions are banned. Oh, so in like two months? Sure. In, in two months, yeah. this is an eight out of eight Yadaro body. Okay. Nice. The power tips on Yadaro. Um, I will give this a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I will give this a six out of seven sharks that I can see on the art of Shark Typhoon. Oh. Okay, alright, mm-hmm. alright. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is a, I like this deck a lot. One of the things I did also want to pick this deck was that it just, like, don't get me wrong, I love just, like, I, I do like all the spicy, like, there's still just very interesting uh, Pioneer decks that we were set that feature some uh, some companions, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a deck list that we were set that didn't include a companion, which is one of the reasons why I picked it. Also, like, Yadara's just sweet. I agree. Like, that card just seems insane. Like, you just, you do the things, like, I don't believe this is just, like, a deck that, like, again, reminds me of, like, a Field of the Dead type card, where it's, like, this is something we wanted to be doing anyway. Like, we mm-hmm. want to just cycle. Like, hey, whatever. Like, well, at the end of your turn, we'll just cycle. And then, eventually, we're going to get an 8-8 Trample Haste. Like, there's a chance, like, right, like, we don't even need it for cycling. Like, we just still just play our 8-8. We just get our free 8-8 Trample Haste, or, like, and just win that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think this deck is beats down. Yeah, I would say so, uh, Slaps. Definitely slaps. Everyone, right, well, uh, thank you, Bin395, for submitting this deck. It was a sweet one. Uh, we obviously all loved it here. So Yeah, it was a good one. A good one to, to bring us back in on. All right, gentlemen. Uh, quick reminder, any uh, any closing thoughts before I uh, wrap things up here? Um, um, I'm going to play me some uh, GP. Yeah, you're going to go hard on those GPs? I mean, buy one, get one free GPs once a week now, so for the next two weeks... Yeah. Twenty-five dollars buys you into two GPs. Yeah, I might, I might join you. Um, with the lack of pioneers, a format I really like to play in person because obviously it's something that I have the cards for. Well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's okay because it's not an arena. 
Right, and it's not on, it's not on Arena, but um, like we're definitely playing some MTGO. Uh, we'll bring some of that more to you guys. But with this, the new release, like Arena brings in bigger numbers on Twitch and stuff like that. So we're gonna be like I said, diversifying and doing some more stuff like that. So hopefully we'll get uh, to Mythic next month. Is is definitely my goal. I think I think current stream schedule in my mind is maybe split it up so that like the Sunday longer stream will probably be back to Pioneer. And mm-hmm. maybe like Friday will just be some arena funsies. Whether we play, maybe I'll jump into some uh, online FNMs with some of our friends over from Odessa, or we'll just do some more drafts. But definitely, at least for me, I think our Friday Sunday streams are going to be kind of split uh, between one day is going to be sort of arena focused, and then the other day is going to be uh, some pioneer funsies. Absolutely. Yeah, and if we get our Twitch numbers up and start um, hitting affiliate, um, I have some giveaways in mind to start amping up the followage, um, either on on some platform, whether or not like YouTube subscribers or Twitch viewers, whatever we want to do there. But I have some uh, some nifty swag maybe we could give away. So, For sure, definitely. Um, any other, is that it? Any, uh, any other closing thoughts? Nope, I'll let you do us our, our typical plugs. And... All right, sure thing. Yeah, of course, we are Crew 3 Podcast. Make sure if you enjoy the show, you tell us your friends. You share us on any of the socials. We're at Crew3Podcast on Twitter. Uh, these guys are... I'm at It's underscore Christmas. I'm at also Steve. And of course, uh, we are over on YouTube and Twitch with the username Crew3MTG with that rebrand that we talked about at the beginning of last week's episode. We sort of sent it here because we're sort of just trying to, at least video-wise, give a little bit wider breadth of content we could put out um outside of pioneer again this podcast will remain pioneer focus uh but just you know sometimes when pioneer gets slow and i know a lot of the demir inverter slog uh maybe wasn't as fun to do pioneer content uh so we'll get into some standards some living we'll keep things going keep things fresh and hopefully you enjoy this change along with us because i definitely had a lot of fun uh streaming those drafts on friday and saturday or friday and sunday so and thank you of course both of you for joining me on those absolutely oh no problem Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me here on this episode, and thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.